Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. I want to thank you all for listening and uh, make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to this on. Leave us a nice five star review. Helps us all out, helps kind of raise our profile and helps keep this network going. Um, so we're coming off a weekend off, uh, kind of. Um, no UFC this past weekend. So, Ryan, you didn't have to cover anything for the Observer or the uh, F4W, but we did We did check out uh, one on Prime Video, and um, I, we didn't want to talk about Connor's latest exploits, so uh, you can Google it if you're curious. Um, but make sure you're uh, – NSF NSW uh, uh, thing is not safe for work. Yeah, but no, we watched uh, we watched one on Prime Video, and we 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 got to talk about one, Um, and specifically what we'll get into. We'll talk about the show, but uh, what we kind of wanted to open the show with because it was kind of a hot button debate on Twitter, and um, you know we asked the question, and I was reading some of the stuff you were talking about, and I got a couple answers myself, but. you know, it's how how long ago was that trade? Like five years ago with Demetrius Johnson and uh, for Ben Askren? It was a it was a tw- uh, late twenty eighteen. So okay, so, so four years, around ago. four year, four ish, four ish years ago. If, if so, you actually want to call it an actual trade, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was more. basically both sides agreed to let their people go to the other company. I mean, even yeah. though they contractually yeah, yeah, both <laughs> both guys wanted out of where they were and. Both guys yeah. wanted to go to a certain spot. So yeah. So so, so yeah. Ben Askren comes to UFC, Demetrius Johnson, longtime flyweight champion, it just lost his belt and goes to one. And um, you know, at the time, you know, we kind of like Ben Askren had been talking about UFC, you know, doing shit talking like for probably five years since he was in Bellator, uh, maybe longer than that. Um, and Demetrius, you know, just kind of wanted to kind of proved everything he could in UFC and wanted to test himself against other competition. And so, yeah, they made this trade and one wanted a big name and Demetrius Johnson and the, the lighter weight guys are a lot bigger deal uh, in that part of the world. You know, it's, you know, heavyweight, you know, bantamweight, they even have straw weight men, um, you know, so, so he, they were going to treat him like a real big deal. And uh, so four years later, Ryan, uh, I know your answer, but, you know, you can tell the listeners who do, who do you think won this fight or this uh, this fight, this trade, <laughs> this, tra- this trade. If you're talking about pure in ring results of the two, it's very clearly Demetrius Johnson. But when you're talking about and when you're talking about overall, and when you overall look at the picture, you're not looking at the fighter; you're looking at the promotions. And overall, UFC won this handily. Now, did it help one? Maybe yes, maybe no, probably a little bit. But UFC getting Ben Askren, the trickle, the ripple effect of everything he did in that company and how it trickled down to a lot of it, a lot of it. And also, uh, no, no, no more Demetrius Johnson on the roster, the ripple effect of that. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, just the, the effects of it were huge. And honestly, it probably made the UFC a little bigger, a little more hotter over these last couple of years, and it made several superstars. So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah, Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueredo. Um, I uh, he's I, I, maybe not a superstar, but um, I mean Jorge Masvidal. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, it, sorry. I, 
had a little bit of a coughing fit there. No, no, that's, they're trying that's to cool. get through my through my thing. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, and I mean, you know, and and I mean, I think for me, like the thing that a lot of people would kind of just maybe gloss over is the fact that you know Demetrius kind of you know he almost cleaned out the division. Of course, he lost to Cejudo, so you would have had that rematch. But UFC was talking about getting rid of the flyweights. You know, um, yeah. and and you know, Cejudo was a bantamweight. You know, moved up to bantamweight. He could have, they could have easily just dropped the belt, dropped the division, and uh, you know, and if Demetrius was still there, they probably don't do that. So, yeah. you know, and and then he, yeah, he goes over there. I mean, he's lo- he lost once, but you know, that created this big rematch, and and he won the rematch. So he's what five and one in in one FC. Ben Askren, he. I mean, he lost. What did he fight? He fought twice, or was it three times? He fought. He fought three times overall. Right. Yeah. One no contest, he, uh, two losses. Right. No, no. He won the. He won the first fight, which was oh, Robbie right, yeah. Waller. Yeah, he, uh, which he controversial. Lost. He had the. Yeah. He had the. He had the bulldog choke. Yeah. And he almost got finished by Waller, and then had the bulldog choke in, and Waller right. never tapped, but Herdeen stopped it because he thought Waller was out. But in uh, my head, that's a then, no contest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, and then the then was then hold on one second. He lost to uh, then was obviously the Ma- to Masvidal, then was the and Ma- then Masvidal, and then lost uh, to Damian Maya. And right, yeah, in a in a Singapore, I think that was right. But really, the big effect was the uh, Masvidal fight because of yeah. because I was at that sh- I was at that show UFC two thirty nine. I had. Yeah, John Jones against Tiago Santos in the main event, and uh, Amanda Nunez against Holly Holm in the co-main event, and then Askren and Masvidal was third from the top. But as you were, as it felt in Las Vegas, like it felt like Masvidal and Askren was the big fight on the card, and then you had the incredible finish of the five-second flying knee, flying knee uh, that uh that Masvidal landed. You know, the probably the the most I would say most famous knockout. UFC history that or the uh, either that or Anderson Silva's front kick on Vitor Belfort, one of those two. And then, uh, yeah. anyway, that started with, uh, you know, that that you know, it was on it was on the early stages of ESPN pay per views be or UFC pay per views be on the ESPN Plus. So the the finish was replayed constantly for the next several weeks on ESPN, and Masvidal was all over ESPN, and he, he was truly made like the first big star of the ESPN era goes in, goes in and has the main event against uh, Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz in the, uh, at Madison square garden. Then he goes on and has two big fights with Kamaru Usman, which combined make, uh, had 2 million pay-per-view buys. And really that, that kind of trickled down to Usman, you know, mm-hmm. being in those big fights, you know, and Usman winning both fights, especially the second one where he knocked Masvidal out, out cold. The first time we'd ever seen Masvidal, be knocked out like that and and honestly from what what i know what i know this uh this edwards fight did did better than most people are thinking it's not a huge number but maybe like in the 400 400 yeah, range probably more like than people expect him. yeah yeah somewhere I've, I've heard four to five so yeah so the, and that and then even even you know as much as people want to talk about colby covington calling him a star and all that all that the first covington usman fight only did three twenty five, I think, on pay per view, three hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and that was with Max Holloway and Amanda Nunez as champions on the card and a loaded card. The second Usman 
Usman Covington fight did 700, 800, somewhere around there. And you have to think, and those two fights came after the came after the two Masvidal fights. You have to think that that huge jump. I mean, they more than doubled. Oh yeah, the numbers yeah. more than doubled. You have to think that it was a ripple effect of Usman coming off the two Masvidal fights. So in other words, that trickle down effect to Usman, Usman, and now who knows? It could trickle down to Edwards. So that's where Askren plays in plays in on that. And on the uh, flyweight division, I'll get into the flyweight division. This is why I think UFC won the, won the trade, another part of the reason. Reason At the time, when Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo were going to have a rematch, that was kind of when they were starting to cut these fighters. These fighters, the Brandon Moreno's, the the uh, uh, Nicolau's, the Dustin Ortiz's, the flyweight fighters, because they, they kind of thought Johnson was going to win, win that second Cejudo fight. And then after that, it's like – what are we this division's done we have a champion that doesn't want to be here in demetrius johnson we're just gonna close the division and let him go and uh then cejudo wins that and all of a sudden there's just that holding pattern pattern you kind of think that they were going to do a third fight between cejudo and johnson but then they work this deal out cejudo goes on and beats dillashaw and all of a sudden that division now is is arguably one of the most exciting divisions in the ufc and now they have yeah they have two champions i I consider Brandon Marino more of the champion of the division pot and possibly because of everything going on in Figueredo and we don't know if he's going to defend the flyweight title, but now you have a champion in Brandon Marino who's probably going to make the UFC more money than Demetrius Johnson ever would have because mm-hmm. he's that Mexican, he's that Mexican UFC champion that they always yeah. want. And that's the, the effect of that alone right there is just incredible and he's yeah he's gonna he's gonna make the company more money than than mighty mouse did not a knock on mighty mouse he just would no. he just never connected to the ufc audience and, and you know and he's probably the he's probably one of the top five best fighters of all time all time just he just never connected and it showed it showed they couldn't headline pay-per-views with him they you know they they stuck him on fox and did okay ratings ratings but he just wasn't a draw and moreno might actually become a draw so that that trade-off right there is uh was worth it too yeah and i mean you know and and somebody that wants to argue with you might say you know oh well you know masvidal could have knocked somebody else out or you know johnson could have stuck around and moreno could have knocked him out but that's not what happened you know we got what we got and i don't think you know, Masvidal, you know, and, and Askren was the perfect matchup for something like that to happen because Askren was overconfident in his wrestling and he was going to go in for a takedown right away. And Masvidal was ready for it and hit him with that knee. And, you know, and, and Askren probably figured, you know, his chin would hold up and it didn't matter what Masvidal threw at him. And obviously he was wrong. Um, I, I just read some of these responses. Uh, Stamkos 96 uh, big Steve Stamkos fan, I assume. Uh, you know, kind of echoing what you say, both sides won. The UFC turned out Askren into the most iconic KO in history and made a ton of money off Jorge, Nate, and the Usman fights. One got a huge name, got Marais on the map for beating him and have a huge trilogy fight. Both sides should be happy. Um, and I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if you want to say dollars and cents, clearly um, UFC won. But I mean, you know, it, by that sense, one had no chance. Um, yeah, but yeah, UFC is always going to win in situations like this. So, 
Uh, what did yeah, Jason Williams? Uh, this I think you were in on this. Said uh, J- Jason Egg thirty three with the rise to super stardom for Jorge Masvidal worth it for DJ? Of course, you know that's what we've been talking about. Um, and yeah, and that's where you said yeah, Scott Fantana was uh said good summation of the trade results would add that it allowed Cejudo to achieve some stardom as well, which we haven't really talked about. And uh, and the UFC having a resurgence, we did talk about that. Um, and it was Mikey Bats. Uh, Mighty Mouse was used as a scapegoat by MMA fans to say flyweight sucked because he was levels above everyone. When in reality, they simply lack patience. I'm sure, the UFC could have done more to promote him, but they only know so much. And uh, Mad Mad Mike Logic at Mad Mike Logic said DJ and Cejudo never got the trilogy fight that DJ deserved. So we're getting the other side a little bit. Talent was right around the corner. DJ's fights were coming in. It's just the UFC making a mistake, but DJ coming back would be huge. So if he comes back, brilliant. If not, such a waste. I don't know if I agree with that. I would, <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with. I don't agree with that because because you know, as somebody in the know, he wanted out of there. He wanted. Yeah. Away yeah. from the UFC, he. I, I think he, more he just about him done. coming back now. I don't really. I, I don't think he means. I don't. Anything. I don't even think he'll. I don't think he'll ever entertain coming back. Coming back, okay, he wanted go. gone so bad that like that you know it that shit to me that ship sailed when he left when he left. So, so I um I did uh, I did check out this show. Um, I didn't watch the whole show. I watched. The the heavyweight MMA fight on the main card, the one that kicked off the card, and then I I went right to the main event because I didn't really care about the Muay Thai fights, and uh, then the the other heavyweight fight I didn't really know either of the guys, so I didn't really care too much about it. And there was nothing on the prelims that really struck my. I I looked, I kind of fast forwarded through all of them and didn't see anything I noticed. I don't know about you, but the one app, like, did you watch it live or did you watch after the fact? I watched after the fact and I only watched okay. the the main event. Do you did you do you do you, on when on on the app that I use, which is the Apple TV? It's it's a bitch to fast forward. You have to go like ten seconds at a time. Did you do you have that, or were you able to like scroll with uh, the bar? No, I I was doing the Roku Amazon Prime Prime app, and it just fast forward as normal. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because that that was the one thing I didn't really like. But I guess I, I after a while I figured out that there was like a visual one. It still went ten seconds, but it you know kind of like if you just kind of want to fast forward and see the knockouts and stuff, you could do that. But overall, I I really really liked the show, like the presentation of it. Um, I thought like the video quality was top notch. Like it's right up there with UFC. Love the presentation and the entrances. It's very reminiscent of Pride. I mean, I've watched UFC. I've watched one in the past, but it was always on the Fight Network, which is standard definition. So I got to see it in high def here, and and I really liked it. Um, Lenny Hart doing the intros before the show was was a nice touch, and um, and Mitch Chilson is like. It's almost like a cartoon character, but in a good way. I, I compared him to, I said he was like a wish version of Mario Lopez. Um, but but he's got so much enthusiasm and he just loves the product and, and it really comes off during the broadcast. Um, and, and in the uh, the main event, I so they judge everything as a whole, but, you know, I'm kind of still in my mind judging, you know, by round and trying to think of who's winning. And I don't know, going into the fourth round, like I kind of had Adriana Marias ahead, but it was really close. Demetrius had his moments in the second, particularly, uh, but neither guy was really dominating. Um, and then in the fourth round, Demetrius Johnson hits him minute 10, hit him 
with a punch that kind of knocked him loopy. And as he was falling down, he just hit him with a perfectly timed flying knee and, uh, and won, and won the, uh, the belt back. And someone else pointed out that it was poetic because he lost his UFC title with the same move. So that, that was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. What, what did uh, you think? Here's the here's first question I have for you. How yeah. many, how many pounds heavier do you think Moraes was over Johnson? 15 maybe 15. maybe more he looked every bit of he looked every bit of 25 pounds heavier. yeah yeah i will say that the that the one weigh-in hydration system is an absolute farce oh yeah i mean mariah's mariah's prior to that they said he had failed the hydration test test and was and was not on weight then all of a sudden hours <laughs> later he had made weight and passed the hydration test how oh, do you yeah. do that How's that even possible? He didn't. How do you rehydrate to pass a <laughs> hydration t- test and make weight when you weren't when you weren't when you were still over over while you're dehydrated? And they never and they and they don't do these weigh-ins in the public to where anybody sees. Yeah. No, no cameras, no nothing, no nothing. Yeah. Like it's a sham. It's a sham. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like I've heard stories about this. It's an and this is just more proof. It's like it's an absolute sham. And there are so many fighters that were failing hydration and and we're missing weight and we're off weight and then all of a sudden we're we're you know passing hydration and making weight and oh there's a bunch of fighters that missed weight too too overall it's just their thing is a sham but as far as the fight goes i mean i mean i thought mariah's was winning and then johnson had the had the great finish and yeah and i mean yeah poetic very much like very much like Sahuda beat him and and in the first fight Mariah's finished knocked Johnson out with a knee with a knee as well. So you know two two knee knockouts. So maybe the third fight will will finish similar or a little different. We'll see. Probably yeah. early next year. Yeah, they've got I think they got their next four or that well, their next three shows lined up, like all the way through to one on Amazon four and because they're all on like the coming attractions tab or whatever, like you could see them. And the next fight, uh the next show is September 30th. Um from uh and with Angela Lee headlining. So uh I'll definitely check that out and hopefully there's a few more fighters I'm familiar with on the card. Um the the um the the other fight I watched, the Amir Ali Akbari and Moro Cirilli was um i mean it was fine it was not n- nothing to write home about we talked a little bit about amir ali Akbari last year last week i think he's the guy that had lost to Mirko krokop uh, about six years ago um yeah um, yeah yeah that's right um and uh yeah and he he looked pretty good against morris really Cirilli was um i think he's a uh, kickboxer mainly he doesn't hadn't done as well they said they said he wasn't as familiar in mma but amir al-ikbari actually has less fights than him but uh yeah i don't really kind of i wasn't taking too much of what any of them said very seriously like they come off very much like a, just like a hype train um but it's entertaining um they they brought in uh michael chavello for the main event that's the only match he called i think um and and he's always good he's very very fun to listen to um and uh yeah and and you know it's a they treated like a big deal they had a confetti celebration they had the they have the belt at ringside for the whole match which is kind of cool um yeah and it's it's worth checking out you know if especially on a weekend where there's nothing else going on um they're uh you know i i uh, i was impressed by the presentation and i i think most people probably wouldn't know anything about what you were talking about like in terms of the weigh-ins and all that like and i probably should have yeah. but i you know, I, I wasn't 
it's kind of a little off the radar for me, but I did watch it. And obviously they're not talking about that stuff on the broadcast. Um, yeah. They don't talk about on the broadcast. That's stuff like, like yeah. you have to be following everything kind of really, really closely, especially on social, social yeah. media. And I know you know, and it's not, I mean, it's not, you know, when it comes to MMA stuff, you're not the closest to following on. on no, like I mean, that, but, if I was watching it live, I probably would have, it would have been on yeah. my radar because, um, you yeah. know, like I follow the right people. It's just I'm not yeah. paying attention to it all day, kind of thing. Like you know, Caposa yeah. and you this is, and this is stuff. This is stuff that was going on like early Thursday morning too. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But I'm like, but again, I, it's worth checking out. I, I think. And and yeah. to answer the question, I think we had last week. Like they, this definitely wasn't live um, because I was seeing results on my Twitter um earlier in the day and then i kind of learned okay if i'm gonna have this spoiled you know if i'm gonna try to not have this spoiled i better stay off of twitter and that's not too hard for me to do anyways but um i uh, i didn't have anything spoiled so i went into this not knowing who had won and so that was kind of cool um but yeah it's uh i i think you know for for a first showing on one and a lot of people are probably checking this out i saw more people talking about this show than any one show maybe ever like, you know, including the TNT stuff, um, probably I would say maybe more people watching on TNT. But for whatever reason, I was seeing more about this. So, I mean, maybe maybe there was more because, I mean, everybody's got Prime. And, you know, and if you, you know, and, and there are a lot more in the news now because the NFL football is going to kick off in there in a couple of weeks. So, you know, people that didn't have it probably are getting it. And it's right there on the main page when you click on it. Like, it's the first thing you see. So, um, yeah, I uh, I think it might be a good move for them. Like, you had a comment on, I saw on the F4W board, where you said you wouldn't believe what they're getting for this. And I don't know if you're allowed to share. You know, you can tell me off air if you're not. But I I, I assume, like, not much. <laughs> like, we'll just leave it at that, not much. Okay, all right. Um yeah, so I don't know. Anything else you wanted to add on on this one? No, no. Like I said, I only watched the main event. Main event. That's that's the only thing that interests me on the show. So, well, I definitely yeah. am interested yeah. in. And, and I was trying to take the weekend off of MMA. So yeah. <laughs> so, but well, I, I felt like I had to at least watch that. I'm definitely interested in the main event of the next show because it's uh, Angela Lee going for the the flyweight championship, which is really the strawweight championship. Uh, just having a quick look at the card. I do see a couple other names I'm familiar with. Martin Wynn and Timothy Nastyukin. I've seen both those guys fight before. Um, so I will uh, I will definitely I'll probably end up checking out this whole show and just skipping through the non MMA fights. There's uh there's probably be some more added but between now and then. But uh, yeah, so that was one. Um, we also watched the Contender Series um, from last week. And uh, I missed the very beginning of the first fight, but I don't think I missed much. Um, and uh, I mean, long story short, uh, everybody got a contract. Um, there were finishes in the last four fights. The first fight went to a decision. Again, I was a little surprised that the winner got a contract, but Dana's generous these days. Um, and even the second guy, you know, he got a third round knockout, but he's pretty young in his career and, you know, six and oh, I thought maybe they'd say, you know, I'll come back for another one and then we'll see you then. But no, they gave him one. He was just kind of gushing over all these people. Um, Darius Flowers was, of all of them, was probably the most impressive to me. Uh, he got a, uh, a shoulder, uh, shoulder slam, like his body slam that injured the guy's shoulder, almost like a, he, he, almost like a pile driver. He tombstoned him. He yeah, tombstoned yeah. Him. 
Yeah, yeah, he, he dropped him, him on his. Like that's the close. That's the closest thing to shoot Tombstone Pile Driver. You'll you'll get in mixed martial arts. Yeah, like the guy tucked his head, so he didn't go head first, but yeah, he landed right on his shoulder. But because he was touching the leg, it was legal. I think is what they said, because normally yeah. that would be illegal. Um, but but Darius yeah, claims, oh yeah, I knew what I was doing, and um, <laughs> I practiced this and all this stuff. I was like, God, I hope you're not practicing this. Um, but he cut a great promo after the after the fight, and uh, he's going to be a guy that uh, you know I think he's going to be real popular, kind of like a Kevin Holland type. Um, I, I get the feeling. Um, and then the rest of them, uh, you know, just whatever. They all got wins, and they were all finishes, and yeah, it, was, it was a fun watch. Got through it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with giving all five contracts. I mean, we're back, we're back in the thing that we thought week one that yeah. maybe Dana would be stingy, and you know, and turns out, I mean, he's he's not. I mean, if you get a finish, you're almost guaranteed to to get a contract, and then and then you know, women, Denise Gomes, yeah, she did, she had good performance. Her girlfriend's on the UFC roster, makes it a little little easier to put to give her a contract. Have both who's her? Who's her girlfriend? Uh, Carol Hosa. Oh right, they said that, and okay, I didn't. I they said her, her partner <laughs> Carol Rosa, and I was blanket, and I thought I thought Carol Rosa was a guy because yeah. Carol Rosa could be guy or a girl, but yeah, Carol Rosa flyweight, right? Yeah, no, no, yeah, uh, yeah. bantamweight. Oh, bantamweight. Okay, yeah, yeah I knew uh, she yeah. was bigger. Anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Cameron Simon. I mean, he's twenty years old. He's twenty. Yeah, my God, youngest. Youngest guy on the roster, but he he looks like he's gonna be very exciting and and uh Jesus Aguilar, great finish. Darius Flowers should obviously has everything, you know, the mouth, the performance, you know, he could be a star. And then Michael Parkin, he came up uh he almost got finished and then came back and got the rear naked choke. Choke the fact that he almost got finished, I thought maybe Dana might not give him give him one just because but he did pull the win out of his ass basically. So you kinda yeah. gotta reward a guy guy for that so yeah not surprised samen uh, was 20 on the day of the fight and he turned 21 the next actually he turned 21 the day of the fight i'm looking at this right now because he, he his birthday is august, august 23rd. 23rd yeah which was the last yeah. tuesday so literally uh that would have yeah. been the first day he could go out in vegas and celebrate yeah <laughs> so and, and, well and, and you know what he did right after the fight right after the fight Went right trained after he, the he said i'm going to the, after yeah, he did, I, yeah yeah, and there was there was there was video evidence. He was right after he did his uh, little post fight scrum. He went next door to the PI and was already training. So yeah, so, I'll bet you after kid, that he went. It could party. be something. I bet you after that. Yeah, probably party. so. I, I hope so. I hope I so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Birthday at twenty one in Vegas. You just got a UFC contract. He was so happy. Um, and they said they mentioned there's gonna be a seventeen year old fighting in a couple weeks. I think if I heard them right. Yeah. Yeah, good lord. I forget the guy's name. Forget the guy's name, but yeah, seventeen-year-old. Wow. Yeah, that was the one thing Dana said too. He was like, all the he's talking about how like all these guys that are young, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. Like they, he never even would have looked at them until they were like twenty-six, twenty-seven. But they're coming in and they're ready. So you know, you might as well put them on. Um, the the other thing that was notable here, I think, at, I think the last four were all underdogs. That one. Um, and uh, they're really they really talk about the betting a lot no. on these shows. Yeah. yeah, um, and I did win a little bit of money. I, I put money on Darius Flowers, and I think I had money on Aguilar. No, maybe it was Simon. Simon, let me just yeah. check the odds on that one. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely yeah. Simon. I had money on Simon and Flowers, and then I had, I'd also bet on Neves and Ferreira, but they lost. So um, yeah, yeah, and, and back to day, back to Dana talking about all these uh, young young people. You got to think, you know, people who were born in. 98, 99, 2000, and later, later, by the time they were, you know, five, six, seven years old, Ultimate Fighter is a big deal. Like these yep. kids, they they grow up and UFC is a big, big deal. It's kind of, you know, and, and, you know, I want to do something. I want to be a baseball player. I want to be a football player. I want to be a professional wrestler. Now it's, I want to be a UFC fighter in the conversation of kids that were born, born in that era. So now these kids are starting training younger younger they're doing wrestling younger and they're doing jujitsu younger so you're gonna have you know you know like you see the you see the 18 19 you know 20 year old baseball studs that are that come in you know the case ones you know your juan soto's your julio rodriguez is you know vlad guerrero's fernando tatis tatis is these guys that are ready to play at the highest level when in their early 20s and now you're going to see it with with fighters who are ready to go at the highest level in their early 20s it's just and that's what we're going to see probably for the next you know 20 25 years at least yeah they get in with the right camp when they're you know like 15 16 yeah. you know and and then by the time they're 20 21 22 they've been rolling with like world champions for you know 5 years and and they're training in MMA they're not training in wrestling excuse me, or jujitsu or, you know, uh, judo. I mean, they're doing all those disciplines, but they're training they're, specifically they're training to be UFC mixed fighters. Martial arts. They're yeah. training mixed martial arts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I got this coming week's show up here. Uh, nobody, I believe that I'm that familiar with. A uh, few undefeated fighters. In fact, two of them are fighting each other. Uh, Matej Peñas and Cedric Dumas. I wonder if he's any relation to Amy Dumas. Probably not, judging by the picture. Um, and uh, the um, yeah, and the main event is uh, Yusaka Konashta and Jose Enrique at a welterweight. Looks interesting. Uh, one Canadian guy on here. Just checking. Oh yeah, you know what? I would have. Yeah, I de- I did Morgan see him. him. Yeah, Al- uh, Alex yeah. Morgan. He fought Charles Jordan on a. TKO 45. I definitely watched that show. And I watched TKO yeah. 43 as well, with, where he won. So he's got a win over TJ Laramie, who's a UFC fighter. So he's probably somebody to look yeah. out for. Yeah. yeah, he's fighting Blake Builder, CF, CFFC, CFFC champion. So I know both wow. those guys. And I know and I know Dumas. He uh he's from uh Jorge Masvidal's icon promotion. So six and no, very impressive. No relation to Amy though. Too. No. Okay. All right. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, and uh, women's fight uh, two und- another actually battle of undefeated strawweights, uh, Victoria Dudakova and Maria Silva uh, at strawweight. So that should be a, a 15 minute boring fight that Dana will give one of them a contract to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Tuesday. Uh, uh, that's uh, Maria later Silva today. A, Maria, yeah, Maria Silva was on Contender Series last year and won oh, yeah? a decision and didn't get a contract. Oh. So, Shocking. Oh, yeah, we watched that one. We talked about it. Uh, Catherine Paprocki. I remember that one, actually, because um, yeah. I, I was familiar with Paprocki. Uh, probably had money on her. Um, so that is uh, that is Tuesday. Uh, later today, as you're listening, on uh, ESPN Plus or TSN in Canada. And uh, you can check that out. So that's week six. We got four more weeks after this. And then we get to take a break on our Tuesday nights. Um, and uh, I, think, I think that's it. So do we... Yeah, so you know what? Before we do our preview, uh, we you had come up with three questions, and uh, so um, 
I guess question number one, will UFC 279 actually be the, the last UFC fight for Nate Diaz? I'll answer first. I'll say yes for now, but I would never say never. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with no. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't, even there was already talk about Dana was already talking about if Nate Diaz beat Kamzat Chimaev that he might get the first title shot at Leon Edwards. It's crazy oh as that sounds. Well, but I mean, money, but money I, but I mean, money talks and keeping Nate is still a priority for them. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, and these are three questions for uh, for the month of September, but one of them is yeah. not. But, uh, well, one but, of yeah, but, one of them is yeah. not. Yeah, one of them is for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I don't believe he's done with the UFC, and I'll just kind of leave it at that for now. Okay. Um, and uh, then I guess uh, the second question is: Will we finally get a John Jones fight announcement? What do you think? I think the month of September will bring it. Will finally bring us a John Jones fight announcement. You know, there's like I mentioned on the show last week. There's rumblings of December. Nothing official, but I, I'm feeling pretty pretty positive that he's going to fight in December, and I'm feeling pretty positive they're gonna they're gonna announce it this this month and possibly possibly as soon as Vegas next week. Now uh, next. Not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend when they do UFC 279, I, I kind of think there might be an announcement that weekend, weekend. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty positive that we're going to get a John Jones fight announcement this month. I will agree, and I'll also say I'll I'll even go on a limb and say it's going to be against Francis and Ganu. I don't know when, but I think I think that they're going to announce both of them. Because I just, I don't know, to me, I just, Stipe and Jones doesn't do it for me. I mean, they could obviously do it. And it doesn't really matter because it's Jones, but I just, I think it's going to be Francis. Um, okay. And then our third question uh, is, and this this might tie into some of our news a little bit later on, but um, what three UFC fights are you most looking forward to over the rest of the year? And what one non-UFC fight are you most looking forward to? So, um, do you want to do these like one by one or just all three at once? Just to, just do the all three UFC fights at once and then, and then after okay. we both go, we'll do the other one. Well, okay. So, so I, I do, you, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Cause I mean, we might have the same three. Um, I mean, the first one would be, uh, uh, comms at Nate. I mean, I just, and not, I, I don't think it's going to be the best fight of the night. It might not even be very good, but you can, I mean, both these guys are must see TV and they're fighting each other. So um, that to me, that's a no brainer. Uh, my second one is Adesanya and Pereira at MSG. Um, that's going to be just insane. And then uh, I believe my third fight, and I'll leave one for you um, because it would be kind of the same. Is, is it, is, it hasn't even officially been announced yet, but um, it's it would be is it the the other fight on that uh, MSG show that uh, it's Chandler and Poirier, right? Is that the one? I'm t- talking about a fight that yeah. may not even be yeah Chandler and Poirier. Yeah. If it happens, is the is the other one uh, is my three that I'm most looking forward to in UFC. Although the last well, one isn't well, official D- yet. Dustin Poirier has. 
Dustin Poirier on Twitter has said he's fighting November 12th. So Okay. Well, I'm looking at the card on Wikipedia and it's not on there yet, but that's why I wasn't sure. But I, I'm yeah. I'm gonna go with that and say because yeah. I mean all these fights, you know, until until they actually happen might not happen. As as we saw last week with Rockold yeah. and Costa not actually. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, what are your three? I left one specifically for my you. My three UFC fights. My three UFC fights. Uh, one of them is uh, Charles Oliveira and Islam Makachev. Of course. Just because Oliveira is incredible. And I want to see what he does against Makachev because Makachev is a great takedown artist, but he's not going to be able to hang with Oliveira on the feet. But is Oliver going to be able to submit him? I think that's a big question. So the, that one, <clears throat> number number two, uh, it's not official, but uh, it's rumored, heavily rumored. But uh, uh, December UFC, what two eighty two? Uh, yeah. If the rematch between Yuri and Glover happens, then I mean the first the first fight is one of my favorite fights ever, and one of the best fights in UFC history and in MMA history, and I just, just if it compares to at least fifty percent to that first fight, it's still gonna, it'll be a great fight. So that one I'm looking forward to. And uh, yeah, you you kind of took two of them that I was debating for your three, <laughs> for your three, three. I mean, I'm I'm jazzed up about Poirier and and Gate and uh, not Poirier, uh, Poirier and Chandler, and the same with Izzy and Pereira. But my third is. If John Jones fights in December, either against Stipe or Francis, uh, that's going to be my third. Uh, just because I'm I'm anxious to see John Jones again, and I want to see what he does at heavyweight. And if it's against Naganu, that's that's insane that that would happen in December. And even if it's against Stipe, I mean Stipe is great. Uh, just uh, but I want I want to see what John Jones does. You know, we're going to be coming up on three years away. By the time he returns and just in a heavyweight, I just, and regardless of, regardless of all the shit he has done and been through, he's still one of the best to ever step inside the octagon. So I just want to see, I'm just eager to see him back. Okay. So we got our, we got our three. Now I just want to go over a few fights that we didn't mention before we get to our non UFC UFC. So I, I just quickly scanned and I might be missing a few here, but some of the ones we didn't pick that could have picked Daniel Rodriguez and Kevin Holland. It's going to be a great fight. Tony Ferguson and Lee Jing Lang on that same card. Jiga Chikadze and Sodiq Youssef. Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw. For the bantamweight title, uh, Dustin Jacoby and Khalil Roundtree, I think, is going to be a big fight. Edson Barboga and Ilya Tapura, and Molly McCann and Aaron Blanchfield. I had to get that one in there. Um, might be the women's fight I'm most looking forward to over the uh, the next four months. Um, and then for non UFC, um, Bellator just announced a bunch of like basically the rest of their year, I think. Um, five cards, uh, five, five, um uh cards yeah uh dublin long beach milan chicago and mohegan sun which is like their home base um so but i think for my non-ufc fight i'm gonna go away from uh bellator and go with um pfl and uh kayla harrison and larissa pacheco um just because it's kayla harrison um i i wish it was cyborg but unfortunately it's not going to be 
I, I don't know if that's still going to be on pay-per-view. And even though I'm saying I'm looking forward to it, there's no chance in hell I'm paying for it. So I may not see it, <laughs> but I'm interested in the result. Um, and I, I don't feel guilty about not buying the pay-per-view, even though we do this show, because I buy all the UFC ones and I'm not spending money on a PFL pay-per-view. Um, what, uh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with a Bellator fight uh, happening in Chicago in November and the uh, Patrick E. Pitbull against Usman Nurmagomedov. Um, yeah, that's, I was Pat- looking at that Patrick one. E., he, yeah, I don't think he's as good as his brother, but he's still really, really good. And Usman Nurmagomedov, I mean, it's a hybrid of two of the hybrid name of two of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but he's, He's really good, and I I think he's gonna destroy Pitbull. I you know just I uh, think he's the Bellator lightweight champion, you know, in waiting, and it might be crazy. I mean, I mean Habib's two boys, Usman, you know, cousin Usman, and then you know, you know, Makachev. They could both be holding the two major lightweight titles by the by the end of the year. So. Yeah. Well, we we have um, his, his brother is is fighting. Uh, he's fighting in uh, in Long Beach against Adam Borix, uh, which is a featherweight title fight. And yeah, uh, we got AJ McKee too. as well fighting Spike Carlisle, former UFC fighter, and Aaron Pico. That lightweight. That lightweight. lightweight. Yeah. 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 McKee's right. moving up to lightweight. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Pico and Jeremy Kennedy, uh, former another former uh, UFC uh fighter uh canadian guy so th- that's actually a pretty stacked card on on october 1st yeah and um, and and what and one archuleta against enrique barzola too on that card oh yeah so it's basically all almost all ufc against uh yeah. belter um and i noticed yeah. on the it's, uh, going show, it's that one's going head to head with the ufc as well fight night yeah um and then i yeah. noticed uh they got on uh on the Milan card, they've got Adam Piccolotti against uh, Man- Mansoor. Is that is that the guy in uh, Maximum Male Models, or is that somebody else? No. <laughs> okay. No. I know Different the answer guy. to that. Okay. Well, he's, I'm sure he's a better better fighter than the other one. Um, all right. And Fabian... you're talking to somebody who you're talking to somebody who doesn't watch Smack, who doesn't watch Smack, SmackDown. But yeah, I know who the Maximum Male Models are. I don't even. But yeah, yeah. and Fabian on that show too. I I think that's Fabian Eichner, but he changed his name to uh, Giovanni Vici because they're fighting in Italy. Um, All right, so that is our question. This is Fabian. I know it's a different guy. That's Fabian Edwards, and it's Leon's brother. Leon's brother. Oh, is it for real? He's in. He's in Leon. Yeah, he was in Leon's corner during the title fight too. Yeah. So here I'm making a joke, and there's actually a really good story there. Um, Okay, so yeah, Fabian Leon Leon probably be there. Um, all right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that is, uh, that's, that's our three questions. And then, yeah, we already did the contender series stuff. So UFC, uh, back with just a banger of a show. Um, not really, uh, but the top two fights are like awesome. And then real, real heavy drop off after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so UFC debut in France, probably have a really hot crowd. Um, although belts was run there a few times, but this is the first time that they'll have UFC and I assume it's sold out, uh, it is where are they where are they even oh the accord arena i guess that doesn't mean anything yeah um but uh, yeah a lot of french fighters or fighters with french names um for french backgrounds you know like french canadian guys and stuff european to me it kind of looks like you know the the kind of shows that they would do in europe 
that aren't uh london shows because the london shows are always kind of special but these are all like just a bunch of european fighters that you've never heard of against you know occasionally like somebody you have heard of but a lot of these are like two people you never heard of um but um or i shouldn't say a lot but a few but uh, yeah main event is a big real big heavyweight fight uh cyril gone uh just coming off fighting for the interim uh heavy or he was the interim uh, heavyweight champion beat Derek Lewis and uh, going up against Tai Tuivasa, uh, biggest fight in the career for Tai Tuivasa. Tuivasa's on, hey, when I was doing my research, he's actually on a pretty good roll right now. He's won like five in a row. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of there because gone so good, but uh, this is a pretty intriguing fight to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, gone might be the, uh, the best technical fighter at heavyweight. Um, he's got just a style that is different and, you know, boring, if you, if you mm-hmm. want to be honest, but uh, very effective. But And Ty, we know Ty, five five straight wins, five straight knockouts. You know what he's looking for. He's he's looking to knock you out and drink a beer, beer out of his shoe right afterwards. And he hits – Harder, hard, and uh, I mean, we saw gone. He never really got tagged by Francis when they fought. I mean, he got hit, but I wouldn't say he got hit with the hardest punches that Francis has ever thrown. And time might be a little bit of a different story, and uh, be very interesting. If I'm gone, I'm going to take this down as early and as often as I can because Ty is lost on the ground on the feet. It could go either way. Gon's gift to kickboxer. Ty hits hard. Uh, it's a very intriguing fight. We've <sighs> never seen we've never seen Gon finished. Obviously, he's only got the one loss yeah. and it was by decision to Francis. So um, you know, and, and he's obviously he's not really even been hit all that hard. And he's been in there with hard hitters. Obviously, Derek yeah. Lewis, Jar- Yarzen Zero, Rosenstruck, Junior Dos Santos, you know, like these guys can hit. Uh, even Dantal Mace, you know, has got got a little bit of power. And, um, and, 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 you know, he's managed to hold all those off. And so, you know, I think that's why, like, Gon's a huge favorite. Plus, he's in his home country. Um, you know, and that's going to mean something to him for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, when, you know, when we do our ROI picks, like, spoiler alert, like, there's a lot of value in Tai Tuivasa just because he's such a huge underdog. And, you know, it's not often you see a guy with five straight knockout wins as a big underdog, especially when those are in the UFC. But, you know, that's where we're at because yeah. gone is, I, you know, he might be the second best fighter in the division right now, especially considering um, uh, Jones hasn't fought there yet. And he fought the champion, yeah. you know, thing, five rounds. Yeah. The thing I see about gone is he just, he seems to take his opponents out of their comfort levels. Yes. It's like they, yeah. it's like they step inside across from them and they freeze and what they're good at, they just can't get against gone and maybe Ty will be different just because he just because all Ty is is coming straight for you for you and punching you as hard mm-hmm. as he can uh i do think if uh Ty wins this fight gets upset and wins this fight they will hold him out until they can give him a title shot which would be definitely deserved if he wins six straight and he wins it again by knockout and and against the guys he's knocked out like you have to give that guy a title shot Gone, and then, I you know, it's like, win. who? Yeah, like against Jones? Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Against whoever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hold them off as long as you can. 
as long as you can, you know, if you have to, if you have to ice them until July of next year, just do it. But, uh, yeah, you know, just pay him well, pay him well to sit around. And as far as gone, I think if gone wins this, he's probably looking at Curtis blades next, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think it's yeah, a title shot off of this. So we, we haven't seen those two fight yet. eh? Gone in blades. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I nope, mean, that's obviously the fight. And you wouldn't want a chance to Ivasa against blades. I think. Yeah. That, that makes no, sense. No, you don't yeah, do that fight. You don't. Do no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the next fight, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori. They've both lost twice to Israel Adesanya. And if you take Israel Adesanya out of the mix, Robert Whitaker hasn't lost in eight years and Marvin Vittori hasn't lost in six years. Like, you know, like these guys are maybe the second and third best uh, middleweights in, in the world. Um, you know, I mean, they've, they both only lost to the best. So, um, and, and obviously this, you know, whoever wins this one probably be in line for a third fight, especially if it's Robert Whitaker. Um, I, and, and again, like I, to me on paper, it feels like Whitaker is a bigger fight, but I think Vittoria is just somebody we always underrate. Yeah. I think Whitaker is levels above Vittori, to be honest. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm, I, he's, and that's not a knock on Vittori, but Whitaker, Whitaker is so damn good. And I still think he's, I, don't, I still don't think he gets the props for being as good as he is. As crazy as mm-hmm. it sounds, you know, being, being a former champion and being a top guy for so many years, not to say Vittori's bad, but Vittori, you know, he struggled. He, you know, as much as he wants to talk about, oh, I beat Izzy both times, he struggled against Adesanya. He didn't win either one of those fights. And I think he's going to struggle against Whitaker because Whitaker, you know, he doesn't have the kickboxing that Izzy does, but he has the box. He has great boxing, great hands, great movement on his feet, excellent wrestling. It's just all the tools. Like if if you're going breaking down this fight, like like wrestling, I'd put Whitaker advantage, striking Whitaker advantage, conditioning which Whitaker advantage. Whitaker just has all the advantages over Vittori, and uh, Vittori will make it a make it a dog fight. He always does, and you know and he always does kind of crazy stuff, but. I just see Whitaker's levels above, and that'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with Robert Whitaker if he wins. He was talking about today. He did an interview today, yesterday, somewhere, somewhere within the last few days, where he's been openly talking about light heavyweight moving to light heavyweight. So mm. that might be what happens next. Whoa. And wow, he honestly, feels if small. he does move to light heavyweight, he feels small, but he also at the same time he says he says he's wa- he's walking around at low light heavyweight and he feels like he could build up the muscle to do okay. that. Cause he's a former but, welterweight. Yeah. He's a former welterweight. It's crazy. It's crazy, but he's, 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 he's gotten to be where he's a big middleweight now. So maybe okay. he could do it, you know, he'd be on the smaller end into light heavyweights, but maybe that would give him an advantage at light heavyweight. You know, some of these, some of these top light heavyweights right now don't feel like they're, they're huge guys anymore. They feel you know, they're not, you know, they're not Cormier yeah. or John Jones. They're yeah, you know, cutting like 30 Yuri, pounds Yeah, here he's a big dude, big dude. But uh, the rest of them, they feel like they feel like they're guys that are about 220, 225. So, I mean, if he could fit, you know, if he could. There's a picture today of Dominic Reyes and Alex Pereira training together. And Reyes is the light heavyweight and Pereira is the middleweight. And Pereira looked bigger 
than Ray is. As crazy wow. As it. Okay. You know, yeah. so, so, I mean, like overall, I think Reyes's arms looked a little bit bigger, but like body wise, you know, Pereira looked bigger. So maybe a lot of heavyweights just aren't as big as they used to be. So maybe Whitaker would have success there. But uh, yeah, I, I just think he's levels above Vittori. The one thing I would say is uh, if you're into prop bets, bet on this one going the over because Marvin Vittori has never been finished and I don't see him knocking out Robert Whitaker. So I, I expect this one to go 25 minutes and, you know, probably well, it's only 50, to win. It's, it's only, or 15. It's only oh, there, three round fight. oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So with it being a three round fight, I would, I would definitely yeah. take the over on that. If it, yeah. If it's, it's definitely like going 15, 15 and a half. Like, yeah. 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 And I mean, you're probably not getting great odds on that, but you know, maybe just go Whitaker by decision. I, I wouldn't even go Whitaker to win. Just go Whitaker by decision if, if you want to put a bet on. Um, and then the rest of the card, like I said, there there's not much here. Obviously, I'm pumped for the uh, Charles Jordan fight, but um, other than that, um, there's there's not there's not a ton here. But uh, try to come up with three fights uh, for us here. Oh, that's that's easy for me. That's easy for me. This okay. Card, uh, I think you're I think you're undervaluing the card a little bit. Okay, well, tell tell me. Uh, first one, I have no idea why this is buried in the middle of the prelims. It should be on a main card, but middleweight fight: Nasruddin Imavov and Joaquin Buckley. We all know Joaquin Buckley highlight real highlight real knockouts, but uh, he's he's on a roll on a roll. I think I'm trying to pull it up. I think he's won three three straight. Yeah, three straight. And five of his last six is coming off the TKO win over Albert Derive in June. And Imavov is ranked 12th at middleweight and not and not on the main card of a fight night show on ESPN Plus. That just that doesn't make sense. But he's he's uh he's three and one in the UFC. Uh he's coming off two straight wins. Last time we saw him was at MSG last year. He uh finished Edmund Shabazian with elbows in the second round. Uh, this is a pretty good. This is this should be higher on the card, and it's a solid matchup on any card. and And I get why they're doing it in France because I think Imovov, yeah, Imovov's from France, so that makes sense. But yeah, I don't, I don't get the placement on the card card of where it's at. But that's definitely a great fight. Uh, number two featherweight fight opens the main card: Charles Jordan against Nathaniel Wood. Uh, this this should be an exciting fight. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Charles Jordan is always an entertaining fight. And Nathaniel Wood, uh, is, you know, he's a solid fighter. He's coming off a off of a win in uh, England. Both these guys, both these guys, coming back really super quick after fighting in, in late July. You know, Wood Wood had his featherweight debut where he had a decision over Charles Rosa, and then Jordan's coming off that. Brutal fight where he just barely lost to uh, Shane Burgos, but yeah, that's a that's a hell of a fight. And a third fight is going to be a lightweight fight: John McDessie against Nazareth Hackbreast. Uh, this one kind of has a little bit of a story, but story behind it. <laughs> okay, said, what's the story? What's that big? Uh, well, I just John McDessie. Yeah. I have no time for him. But um, t- tell yeah, tell I know story. You, I know you have no time for them for him, but. Hackbrast is a trains at TriStar, where McDessie used to train before he had a big falling out with the gym. So, uh, so yeah, that, there could be a little bit of a, a little bit of heat there, you know. Magda, uh, Hackbrast trying to get revenge on uh, McDessie. They've been they've been scheduled to fight once or twice before, and it's always fall, fallen through. But uh, yeah, that's a 
you know, Mac Desi, he's from, he's ripped a lot of people off <laughs> in mm-hmm. MMA with his, with his sponsors with the fear of the fighter, old, old, uh, clothing line. But, uh, but yeah, but you know, uh, it's a it's interesting fight because both these both these guys, when it comes to actually inside the octagon action, they're both pretty entertaining. So that should be a good fight. Yeah, I mean that's the three fights I would have picked too. Um, you know, the only other one that really jumps out at me is the Dustin Stolzfus and uh, I was Mega <laughs> Um All right, so for my three fights for ROI, and again that there was like there's a lot of fights here where there's like no value on either side. Um, and, and it was, it was actually tough to find three to even recommend, but actually as much as it pains me to say, John McDessie is, uh, got a 15.9% ROI <laughs> plus 170 underdog against Nazareth in the fight you just talked about. And he's got a two and three record as an underdog. So, um, you know, there, there's a little bit of value there. Uh, Robert Whitaker is actually a 37.7% ROI. Of course, he's a favorite over Marvin Vittori and minus 230 favorite. And he's got a six and one record as a favorite. So there's there's good value there. And in the main event, I mentioned earlier, Tai Tuivasa, 19.3% ROI. So a lot of times on these cards, like the three will all be like over 50% and the highest tier is 37.7. That's why I said like there's not a ton here to go with. But um, Tuivasa is right now a plus 400 underdog and he's got a one and one record as an underdog. So if you're, you know, it's 50-50 and you're getting plus 400 odds, that's that's why he's got a positive ROI. And I, I still say, you know what, he's got a puncher's chance and and at plus 400, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to put a bet down on him because that's even a bigger underdog than Leon Edwards was against um, Kamar Usman. So, and if I lose, well, you know what, I'm still ahead on the two bets. So, um, yeah, so that is that. And uh, take us through the rest of this card with a bunch of fun names to pronounce that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of late changes to this, and obviously, obviously yeah. trying to find fighters to fight in Paris, France on short notice it's it's a very hard task. So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of unrecognizable names. But twelve fights overall, everything's on ESPN Plus. Uh, okay. Prelims kick off at twelve Eastern time. Main card at three Eastern time. But so this is going head off, to head uh, with uh, it's going head to head with Clash of the Castle, right? I think. I guess, yeah. College yeah. football. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's probably college the bigger football, deal. But... Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I Sorry. completely forget completely forgot about Clash of the Castle. That's how into oh, not me. That. Not me. I'm I'm pumped, man. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but uh but yeah, uh, anyways, it starts off with a women's featherweight fight. Uh Stephanie Egger against Allen Island Perez, however, said that this is a uh, Eggers coming in on like a week and a half notice, uh, fighting at featherweight. Edgar just fought a few weeks ago. She was the loser in that Myra Buena Silva submission that Silva claimed Edgar tap, and Edgar would would not say whether or not she tapped or not. And we and I was saying like like you know calling out her for her sportsmanship and was thinking they might let her go, but they gave. But she gets a short notice fight, and may, you know she loses this one. She might be gone. But anyway, that kicks off the card. Then we have a bantamweight fight: Khalid Taha against Christian Quinones. Uh, Taha was originally supposed to fight Taylor Lapolis, and I was looking forward to that fight because Lapolis was a guy who was in the UFC for a little bit several years ago. It was three and one, but they inexplicably didn't re-sign him. But they had re-signed him to return him. France, but unfortunately he got injured. Uh, Cadonez is coming on short notice, but uh, 
Taha really needs a win. I think he's winless. Like his last four UFC fights, kind of surprised he got another shot. So he's fighting for his job. Then we have a lightweight fight, Benoit St. Denis against Gabriel Miranda. Another short notice uh, switch, Gabriel Miranda coming in late for his UFC debut. Then we have the middleweight fight I was talking about, Nasruddin Imovov against Joaquin Buckley. Then we have a lightweight fight for for Azam against another short notice replacement. We call Figlak. Figlak's eight uh, 0 He's he's looked very impressive. I think he's eight 0 something like that. He's undefeated. No, that he's looked looked impressive. So uh, should be a decent fight. Then we have a middleweight fight uh, closing out the prelims. Abu Magomedov against Dustin Stolzfus. And then main card kicks off with the featherweight fight against Charles Jordan against Nathaniel Wood. There's another other weight fight between two debuting fighters. This fight came together like a couple days ago. William Gomis against Jarno Ahrens. Then we have lightweight fight John McDess against Nazra Akras. Middleweight fight Lucio DiCirico against Roman Kopilov. And then we have the top two fights Whitaker of Vittori and then Gon and Tuivas in the main event. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as you said, a lot of French fighters, a lot of, uh, you know, European fighters. And, uh, I mean, it'll be fun, I think, but, uh, I'm just yeah. not completely jazzed about this one, but I will watch and I'll probably enjoy it a lot. I'm, I'm most intrigued by the crowd, to be honest with you. Um, you know, because yeah. I've, I've seen shows from France before in Bellator and the crowd is, you know, really gets behind their, their local fighters. And I just got to think that in UFC, it's going to be magnified like 10 times, but we'll see. Um, Okay. Yeah. So we've got some news. I'm just uh, trying to get back here. Sorry, I was on uh, Eileen Perez's uh, Instagram while you were talking there. Um, and uh, so we've got some news. You you got Nick Diaz. Uh, his brother's fighting in a few weeks, but uh, Nick Diaz is also looking for a fight. And back on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he got it. I think he got his Twitter account hacked or taken away months ago, but it He's back and active on Twitter, and he wants to fight again. Uh, I don't know that he'll fight before the end of the year, but I would say there's a good bet he fights again next year. So uh, that's that's that. I mean, you know, he did that wants, have anything? He wants to, to do, fight. So. Did that have anything to do with your um, like speculation that we might not be done with Nate, or do you think they're you know that they're mutually yeah, exclusive? I think if I think if Nick comes back and continues to fight in the UFC, it. It influences Nate in a way. So okay, that's I was going to ask you that so. then, but I didn't want to spoil the news. So okay, yeah. um, and uh, Beltor, we kind of went over this, but uh, the I had to, oh I just deleted it actually. But what what were the I assume you got them there? Uh, the well, I kind of went over them already, didn't I? The Long Beach. We already went. On, we already Milan, really went yeah. over them. So okay, uh, UFC yeah, I think, is I think going, the only one. I think the only one. The only one we didn't really hit was December 9th. The Mohegan Sun, which is yeah. the uh, semifinals of the Bantamweight Grand Prix. The main event is the interim champion, Rafael Stotts, against Danny Sabatello. And then you have Patchy Mix against um, Magomed Magomedov. So, hey, when uh, speaking of tournaments, we they've never done a middleweight one. And when I had Aaron Jeffrey on and was talking to him, I, I kind of brought up the idea hey, maybe they'll do a maybe they'll do a middleweight tournament next and you got a chance to win a million bucks. You think there's any chance of that? Who who knows? I mean, it just it always depends on how many fighters they have they have available for tournaments, and if it and if the tournament would mean something, you know. I think I think you know, they, so they do. You maybe know, when they, I was maybe 
they might I mean they might do it without with Gegard not being champion now because it yeah changes up things so I was looking at I actually got I, it right here the from the other day because I, I did a picture I mean you look at their their list I mean okay the champions Johnny Eblen you got Jaygard you got Fabian Edwards John Salter Dalton Rosta Aaron Jeffrey Austin Vanderford Lorenz Larkin I mean you know uh there's your eight right there I mean you know for a yeah, tournament and, and you gotta you gotta have a few backups so you know yeah well I mean maybe a, further down maybe, the rankings Lorenz Lorenz uh Romero Cotton Anthony Adams um, it's probably. I mean, it's, I here's here would be an interesting one if they wanted to do that, do that, and it's somebody who's fighting on the Dublin card. But if Yoel Romero, him and Melvin Manhoff are supposed to fight on right. Dublin, but if uh, Yoel wants to go back to 185, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, put them in that tournament. That could be to me too. like yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and they've never done one at that at that weight class. So um, yeah, and and then yeah, if if. Uh, our boy Aaron can have a chance at a million bucks. Like when I, when I, you know what I had said to you, like, you know, he's kind of a little subdued. I think he just could finish a training session and stuff. And he was very nice and gracious with his time and everything, but he wasn't like super like energetic or anything. But when I brought up a million dollars, his ears kind of perked up. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that's, that's life changing money, uh, especially for a Canadian. That's, you know, that's like a million five. Um, so uh, yeah. And then uh we got uh, UFC is uh, Orlando in December. So is that the pay per view or is that another fight night? Okay, so uh, yeah, these are all fight night stuff. Uh, I got some good news and some really bad news for all the listeners. The so one good okay. news is wow. uh, December December third, uh, UFC fight night is going to be in Orlando, Florida, Florida. Uh, and as far as like the pay per views the rest of the year, we know September's in Las Vegas. Uh, October is in Abu Dhabi, uh, November in Madison Square Garden, and December in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, but as far as the rest of the Fight Night events for the year, outside of December 3rd in Orlando, they're all going to be at the Apex Good for the Lord. rest of the year. No more. Yeah. So so <laughs> all, three, all three Fight Nights in October and uh, both Fight Nights in November and December, they're all in – they're all in the, are, are the one in December, not Orla, on Orlando. Yeah, they're all at the apex. So, do you, do you think that's uh, some real you, bad news? Yeah. You think the reason they haven't booked anything in Canada yet is because of our stupid vaccination laws? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. All right, because uh, because yeah. there's, I mean, you can do you can do you can load it up with Canadians, yeah, and all that, but you have to find. The right fighters, the right fighters who can who can get in, who can get in. That's also another thing that why surprises me about all those shows at the Apex. There was talk about doing a November card in Sweden, and that fell apart. But I mean, there's it just. I think know, Sweden might have the who, same rules as we do. Yeah, they might. They might. I don't know the rules on every country. Yeah, I but I know there's a lot of international. I do yeah. know there's a lot of international fighters who can't get in the United States because they they won't take the vaccination. I'm not going to say anything about yeah. that vaccination that's their choice everybody it's everybody's own personal to personal choice on there but that does it still plays havoc on trying to sort out where events are happening and who can fight where and i yeah i do think i do think the reason they haven't come back to canada uh is partially because of partially because of the vaccination laws laws and all that and partially because of they, when they go back, they're going to Toronto first, and getting a day at Scotia Bank Arena is very hard right now. 
because oh, yeah. that arena yeah. is pretty is booked pretty big through the rest. Well, of, yeah, through, because through through the end of the NHL and the NBA season at least. Yeah, and then you've also got concerts, which have been backed up for the last yeah. three years. So, um, you know, between all that, and then I think they even have. Um, like there's stuff like uh, you know lacrosse and like there's there's little little things that you don't even think about that that they're using it yeah. for junior hockey and so yeah, yeah. Um, they but yeah and, they'll they'll get and, back here eventually and this is a and this is a general state of arenas in in the United States it's very hard to get venues and I know like everybody's bummed about the apex but UFC only wants to run big venues right now mm-hmm. like I said last week they could run some of these midside mid-sized venues in these, you know, mid-level markets, you know, go to Oklahoma City or Tulsa, Oklahoma, or, you know, Broomfield, Colorado, Wichita, Kansas, you know, Fargo, Raleigh, North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, some stuff with like, you know, and I think they'll still do well selling tickets there, but they seem to just want to go to big cities and big arenas and trying to do that right now. Right now, you know, it's hard. Well, I guess maybe 2023 we can hope. All right. Uh, Colby, Coving- Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal updates. Yeah. Dana White said they're working on getting a fight for both of them. Both of them are ready to return. Uh, we were going to play a little guessing game here. Uh, it, I think we'll, we'll each go on a, okay. who I think they're going to book next. Uh, first, uh, Masvidal, if – if it were up to you, who would you book him against next? Conor McGregor. Conor? Yeah. 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 That would be <laughs> that'd be ideal. I don't think that's yeah. gonna happen. There's no way they have no idea when Connor's <laughs> the honor's all, the answer is always Connor. But <laughs> I mean yeah. but yeah. uh I, I think the more realistic option is gonna be Gilbert Burns, and that probably will be what happens. It's already been rumored for Brazil. Okay. So uh it's possible. Covington's the more interesting one in my opinion, because of his current standing as opposed to a lot of other current standing. So, so what would you do with him? I put him against the uh, comms out Nate Diaz winner. <laughs> Assuming you can get Nate under contract again. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, my two thoughts were, were um, put him against the winner of Bilal Muhammad against uh, Sean Brady. You could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could do, or you could do Jeff Neal. That's about the, the two best options. I think, well, that gets you. You're going to want to closer to your prediction from like two years ago. Yeah, you're going to want to <laughs> probably match him up again, match him up against somebody who's coming off a win. I mean, yeah. if you're going to match him up against somebody who coming off a loss, I, I would guess Stephen Thompson. But I mean, yeah. I don't think that makes sense for Covington to fight anybody except anyone who's coming off a win, and he's going to have to fight somebody. He can't. He can't hold out for Edwards or Usman or anything. He's got to. He's got to yeah. fight somebody. He Co- Covington and Kamzad, I have a feeling like that feels like it would be a really big fight. Yeah, um, that feels like it'd be something. Yeah, like you got to go five yeah, rounds, yeah. but but I almost think it's a waste putting it on a fight night. But you know, maybe yeah. I suppose you could do five a five round, round pay per view, maybe five round, five round co main event too. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can't do that. Right. Yeah, uh, I got another thing that's not on our news stuff, and it's not. It's MMA related in a sense, but not the heavy rumors that Jake Paul's next boxing match is going to be against Anderson Silva. Okay. So there's okay. that. Was that, um, was that something that they had tried to make like a year ago or am I thinking of something else? 
No, no, no. Okay. Jake Paul's been trying to avoid Anderson Silva. Anderson oh. Silva liked the plague, but oh, right, okay, learned yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think they're, I think they've wisened up to the fact that that Jake Paul is only a draw fighting big name former MMA fighters, not even, not even mid level MMA fighters. So because that rematch with Tyron Woodley did, did jack shit. I mean, it did less than the ROH pay per view does, and, and uh. You know, obviously, the C. Rahman Jr. fight that was gonna fl- flop, like you know, like like a major flop. So, so I guess this is the only way to book Jake Paul, and I could easily see Anderson beating him, and that being the end of Jake Paul and his boxing experiment. That's why. That's another reason why I think think that Nate's UFC future it could be pretty good because if Jake Paul just loses, he's done boxing. In my opinion, he'll go, he'll go wrestle with his brother. I guess the reason they're afraid of Silva is, I mean, he knocked out Tito and he beat Julio Cesar Chavez, even though Chavez is like a hundred years old. Um, but he won. So he, he yeah. actually can fight a little bit. He, he can act, he can actually box. So yeah. And he's, I mean, he's, they're about the same size, I think, right? Uh, maybe, uh, they're about Jake the same Paul size. I mean, even a bit bigger. Yeah. 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 I mean, so. yeah. But and, and Anderson's age is a big thing. But, but yeah. yeah. But. And uh, we got a shitload of fights to go over here. Um, <laughs> some of them I already mentioned earlier when we were going over yeah. our thing, or at least one of them, anyways. But uh, what are some of the ones you wanted to highlight? Yeah, we have a lot. Uh, I'll just go over some of the bigger, bigger ones. Uh, UFC 279 on September 10th, the Chimaev Diaz fight. They were trying to bolster the card. They did last week with Ferguson and Jing Liang. Uh, this week they added Kevin Holland against Daniel Rodriguez. That's going to be a catchweight fight at 180 pounds. So that okay. way neither one of them has to try to make 170 since it just comes together a few weeks, but that should be a very entertaining fight. Those, both those guys are super entertaining fighters, especially Kevin Holland. So uh, that's why I pointed that, that one great. out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be main card. You know, it's going to be Chimea Diaz in the main and then Ferguson, Jingling in the co-main and then Holland Rodriguez right before that. Uh, UFC fight night, October 1st. I'm pointing this out because this fight's been scheduled a couple times, but it's two old heavyweights, Alexi Olenek against Iller Latifi. I mean, <laughs> that should yeah, that should be something if it actually happens. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna skip all the way to UFC 281 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Israel's teammates on the show, uh, Carlos Olberg against Nikolai Negromanu in a light heavyweight fight, and Dan Hooker back at lightweight. He's fighting Claudio Puelas. Puelas is on a Super impressive win streak. So that that's a big fight for both those guys because Hooker, yeah. Hooker's trying to keep himself keep himself relevant and and this will be like the gatekeeper fight, whether he's a gatekeeper or not. If he uh, I, I, if he loses that fight, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see him like put his gloves down. I hope that doesn't happen. But yeah, yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. But uh, yeah. but yeah, but uh, here's a fight we didn't mention for on Bellator. I don't know how yep. we didn't gloss over it, maybe because. But uh, Bellator 288, uh, November 18th, the Chicago show. That's the one that has Patrick E. Pitbull and Usman Nurmagomedov. But the main actual main event for that show is the light heavyweight championship of a team Nemkov against Corey Anderson. They're uh, going through that rematch of the no contest. That Corey Anderson, if he would have low blowed the guy or something 
I forget, yeah, I forget exactly. I'll my head out of it. But if they'd got, but if the accidental foul had happened, a, just like a few five seconds, seconds later, later Corey yeah, yeah, he would be, Corey Anderson would be champion, but he's not. He's not. So they're having their rematch from the no contest. Um, UFC Fight Night, November nineteenth. Couple fights here that I'm interested in. Jack Shore against Kyler Phillips. Uh, Jack Shore is coming off his first law, first career loss to Ricky Simone. He's looking to bounce back. Kyler Phillips, very good fighter, very action fighter. And then Muslim Salikov against Andre Fialo. Uh, and, uh, USC Fight Night, December 3rd. A lot of veterans on this, a few veterans on the show. First, uh, Clay Guida in his 60th career fight. He keeps going on. He's going to fight Scott Holtzman. Uh, then you have uh, Mark DeCassie against Michael Johnson and Angela Hill against Emily Ducote. And then, Angela uh, Hill in, in December? That That's like four yeah. months from now. She'll probably fight three times between now and then. <laughs> Anyways, probably, sorry. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if she fights in October. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but, uh, sorry. UFC 282 on uh, on December 10th. Uh, Edmund Shabazian back. It'll be his first fight in a year. You yeah. Know, he's a fight all year. And uh, he's fighting Dalcha, Lungi, and Bula. Uh, so that's a... Uh, Looking at looking at the handle paper, that's a bounce back fight for Shabazian, but Lungi and Bula is dangerous. So there's that. And then uh, the last fight I'm going to point out is on the final UFC show of the year on uh, December 17th. One of our personal favorites, Julian Marquez, fighting yeah. Daron Win. And and also on that card, Jamal Pogues, who we just watched a couple weeks ago, uh, getting uh, going right into the deep waters against Stefan Injikui. Yeah. For his first UFC yeah, fight, a, just yeah, that's light. That's that light heavyweight. Uh, Pogues yeah. fought at heavyweight on the Contender Series, and and, they, and you know because it was short notice, and they know why. It's like let me get you a fight with a full camp at your right weight, so that'll be it. But that's a tough one. That Marquez win fight. I feel like I've seen it before, but I, I guess not. <laughs> I feel, no. feels like a fight I've seen. Um, but uh, it feels like something them. that might have been scheduled. If okay. I, it feels like something that might have been scheduled, it might have almost happened, but uh, you know, weight issues or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, well, easily could be. Uh, they, um, I, I actually like. I don't follow very many fighters on Twitter. Like maybe like twenty, and I actually follow both those guys. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, they are. Uh, that's it. That's the. Uh, I just deleted the uh, the rundown, uh, but that was it. Hey, eh? we got through everything. <laughs> that was everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So uh, yeah, we got a busy busy week coming up. Uh, you know, wrestling, MMA. Um, there's there's also some LFA, and uh, I think there's a KSW show coming up soon. So lot lots of good stuff for everybody to check out. But definitely the UFC Paris show on uh, Saturday afternoon on ESPN Plus. If you're not watching college football, or if you are, then just watch it later. So, uh, Ryan, you had uh, just reading your coverage of um, you the UFC uh, from this past weekend in the Observer from the pay per view, um, and uh, your awesome coverage, extensive coverage of like talking about Rockhold Costa and uh, Edwards and Usman and, and all the rest of that card. So, you can check that out on the Wrestling Observer, and then uh, also follow Ryan's coverage on WrestlingObserver.com uh, coming up uh, this coming weekend uh, on for UFC Fight Night. And uh, me, I don't have much going on. I, well, I'm going to be on a um, all-out preview sh- or post-game show on Saturday on the the Fight Game Media YouTube channel with the Power Bomb Shelf. Sunday. Sunday. What did I say? Saturday. Sunday post-game. 
yeah post game yeah. show on sunday sunday which uh is is not not a week uh i don't have to work the next day so i can stay up late um yeah but we're joining with the power bombshells uh sam and mel and then me and jeff hawkins are, are joining them so it'll be like a combination of the dynamite show and the power bombshells so and then uh, ryan and i'll be back next week to recap uh the ufc in paris and to uh, preview the uh big uh, pay-per-view from uh, Las Vegas uh, in a couple weeks. So for Ryan, I'm Paul and Ryan, why don't you take us home? Like you always do. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. <laughs>